Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review or just leave a rating do something to get the word out so that we can get the marvin francois show to more listeners moving forward outside of that love you guys appreciate the support but without further ado let's get into this episode yeah so basically with the pre-order method it's a really simple concept that allows you to get started into the clothing brand space or any business space i mean uh e-commerce space um any type of product so the thing is is people only think that you can only do this with clothing you can do this virtually with any product that's online that requires you to hold any type of inventory. Mm. And basically what this is doing is you're basically buying the sample. So let's say like I wanted to have a coffee cup or a coffee mug company, right? And the problem is, is I don't have all the money to buy 15 of them to start selling, right? So what I would do is I would buy the samples. So I would just get three for myself and I would have different colors and then I would go promote them on social media. Now, I would promote this over, you know, a week or a week and a half talking about all the best features and the benefits and photo shoots and high quality pictures. And then I'd have other people wear it where I, uh, or use it, whereas user generated content, UGC. And I would have all these things come in. Mm-hmm. And while I'm promoting, the website is down the whole time. So while the website is down, the only thing that's up when they click the website link is the email and phone number. So now I'm pushing everybody to the website and the, the item hasn't launched yet. The, the brand hasn't launched. So I'm getting all these contacts. And then when I have all these contacts, before we do the release, we email and text them as our VIP customers. Hey, we just launched 30% off for our pre-order. You won't receive it for the next, you know, four or five weeks or so. However, you will be able to get it at a very discounted, a huge discounted price. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how the model works is, you know, not having a lot of money, which is me when I first got started. um, You can get into this space without having to worry about all that. So the samples will probably cost you anywhere from, three, four hundred dollars. Um, I teach people how to get the samples for free. There's a lot of different ways to go about that. However, it's virtually a way where you can go in and you can spend three, four hundred dollars, not have to run any ads, not have to do anything, just mm-hmm. promote on social media, TikTok, Instagram, mm-hmm. and essentially make, you know, a couple thousand dollars within one weekend or one week, however long your pre-order is. Listen, if you're an entrepreneur struggling to get funding because of your bad credit, then this video is for you. You see, I understand that when banks deny businesses for funding, they're not just denying businesses the capital they need, but they're also denying business owners the resources that they need to build the business of their dreams. And as a business owner, I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again, but I want you to know that there's a solution. Because here at Takeoff Financial, we've helped countless entrepreneurs just like you go from having poor personal credit and not being able to access funding to having perfect personal credit that they were able to leverage to access five to six figures in funding. And we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation. And we'll see you on the other side of success, family. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Marvin Francois Show, your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today is a very special day because our guest today is the owner and founder of One Love Clothing and Limitless Investments. He's one of the most prominent names in the e-com game, whether he's providing free value content on how to get started in the space through his YouTube or giving AI resources that can be used to help grow your business. His mission has always remained the same, which is to help aspiring e-com business owners have as much success in the space as possible. 
He's helped tens of thousands start their own profitable clothing brand, which is probably why he's fresh off of receiving the Two Comma Club Award from ClickFunnels, showcasing that he's indeed been able to turn his impact into income. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with the one, the only, my guy, Mr. Dantez Akram. What's going on, family? How are you? Yo, man, I'm great. I, I appreciate that intro, bro. You know that's probably the best intro I've ever heard. You know what I'm saying? I got to roll out the red carpet. We got Tez Akram in the building. <laughs> that's love, gotta man. got to roll out the red carpet, man. How are you, bro? I'm, I'm blessed, man. I can't complain. How about you? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. Better now that I'm talking to you. Um, Been following you for some time. It's love. You're a killer, man. I you, you, it. you are, like, when I think about the e-commerce space and just individuals that are the face of what this thing is, mm -hmm. I automatically think about you, man. You have, you've been in this thing for quite some time and the content and the game you give, I'm not even in e-com. And I, mm -hmm. I be thinking to myself when I look at some of your posts, like, yeah, I, I think I got to pivot. I don't know. Yeah. I think this, this dude is on fire. But <laughs> um, so I told myself I would be remiss if I didn't bring you on here to just give the game on top of game, Absolutely. right? On how individuals can come in and have success the way that you've been able to have success. But I want to take a couple steps back first, right? I know who you are, mm -hmm. but there may be some people watching this right now who aren't familiar. So let's get them familiar. Absolutely. Right? So who exactly is Dantez Akram? Yeah, so Dante's Akram. I'm a father first. Um, beautiful girls, uh, Naila and Amina. Um, really, I'm just a radical. You know, a person who's an extremist and giving value and in, in, in the beliefs of helping people get mm. to where they're trying to get to. Um, I've been a dreamer since I was a little kid. Started off, um, you know, working at Amber Kami and Fitch in high school, playing basketball at the same time. I eventually was working at a factory. Got kicked out of my mom's house after my daughter was born. Um, then I started delivering do-rags, which is really where everything kind of started and um, started my first econ business, Snag-A-Rag, that kind of took off in the first year and a half or so. Um, and then I started my clothing brand because I started realizing like, man, like I can either sell low ticket products or I can sell something a little bit higher and have a little bit more profit. Mm. Um, so we got into clothing, um, went viral a couple of times. Me and my daughter, that was actually the first time I ever went viral was with my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, we ran an ad to that. That's how we generated our first million. And ever since then, it's just really been on the up and up. And now I try to just give people as much information as humanly possible now so that they don't have to go through the mistakes that I've went through because I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars and I've made millions of dollars. But if I can help you avoid that and, you know, hopefully gain a follow or a person who is inspired by me, then that's all I really want. I love it. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that. You talked about, of course, going from, you know, working several different nine to fives to ultimately starting Snag Rag and then just diving deeper into your entrepreneurial journey. What exactly was your introduction into entrepreneurship, more specifically the e-com space? Yeah, so for me, I was delivering do-rags out of my car. So, you know, I had a 2009 Impala and I used to always get clowned a lot in high school because when I would pull up or I have friends and we go to lunch, there was like this ticking noise inside of my car. And if you have an Impala, you kind of know what I'm saying. <laughs> and, um, you know, for me, entrepreneurship kind of started in high school because I started looking at things from a wider, a wider lens. Um, and that's why I call myself a radical because the things that I learned in high school, I realized that like, how can you teach me these things and you've never actually done them? Mm -hmm. So, you know, you go to these business classes or people talk to you about these things and you ask them, Hey, what business have you started and where has it gotten? And they say, well, we haven't started. We are just teaching you the curriculum. I started thinking to myself, that's kind of crazy how you are teaching me something that you haven't experienced. Mm -hmm. And I was like this since 16, 15. And I was just like, man, like at what point in time do I start going out there to go get the experiences myself? And then I can go back and give the game to other people. And that's kind of where my mindset was there. So when I first started my do-rags, you know, I wasn't really thinking about teaching anybody anything. I was just thinking like, I'm in survival mode. You know, I got kicked out. I'm sleeping on the floor in a Section 8 house mm. with five other people. And I'm like, at what point in time do I start making enough money to get my situation better? Mm -hmm. And that's when I was like, you know what, I'm gonna do what I need to do. So I delivered the do-rags. I was like, you know, people laughed at me. They joking about me, but 
look where I am now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after starting the business, when it came to e-com, I was like, why do I keep delivering things, right? Because at the end of the day, it's not only taking my time up, but it was very risky for me to be doing that. You know, I was riding around with money in a Ziploc bag, my, my armrest. <laughs> okay. And, um, you know, that was my way. Like my parents, they were in the streets and things. And it was like, my mom did a great job at shielding me away from it. You know, as much as it pulled me and tried to get me back into it, I was like, you know, always self-aware. I was like, man, like, I don't want to be like my brother. I don't want to go, you know, do this. I don't want to see this type of lifestyle. So I was like, you know what? I'm just trying to do something else. So I stopped delivering. I pushed everything online. I was like, you know, how are these people? I seen a video of this guy, uh, Sebastian. Um, he's really big in, Google, uh, in in YouTube when it comes to e-com. So shout out to Sebastian. George Uh Yeah. 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 So he was one of the first videos I ever watched on e-com. And he was, uh, it was a video like getting 19 sales over the next 20 minutes. And he was recording the video and he had his phone on the, on, the, on the table. And like every 30 seconds or 45 seconds, it was a notification from Shopify. Crazy. Ching, 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 ching. And I'm like, man, like, I wonder if I can make that type of money doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really have a lot of confidence in it because I'm like, who would buy do-rags from me like online? And, you know, I started the Instagram. I was just like, you know what? Forget it. At the end of the day, if I'm doing what I'm doing now, there's probably somebody that would mm-hmm. buy it. And I didn't really expect it to take off the way it did. So mm. that's kind of how I got into e-com. Diving deeper into your e-com journey, like you said, you started off with Snagarag. Are you still operating that company now? Yep. Okay, so you, you started off with Snagarag. It's still a company operating now. Where does One Love Clothing come into the play now? Yeah, so after we generated our first, I would probably say we crossed 100K in about 14 months with mm-hmm. Snagarag, um, but the margins were crazy. So just, I like to be transparent Let's over do it. here. Yeah. Um, when I was selling the do-rags, we had uh, 58% profit margins. Mm-hmm. So that means out of the 100, you know, the 100K that we made, I have profited 50K, not including taxes and things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, for me, that was a lot of money because I was 19 mm-hmm. and I was still living in somebody else's house, still sleeping on the floor and I was stacking my money. So when it came to One Love, it was like, if I'm making let's say I'm buying a do-rag for $3 and I'm selling it for 15, mm-hmm. right? I may make, after shipping and everything, I may make $9, $10 profit. What if I took the same one item, if I just sold clothes though, and I could profit $30, $40? That means I could make three times the amount of profit that I'm making, but I don't have to put in as much work and I don't have to worry about shipping as many small little orders mm. because we would have weekends where we do three, 400 orders and fulfilling 300, 400 orders by yourself is a lot. Bro, it's crazy. Yeah, it's insane. So when when we first launched One Love, um, we did a 72-hour pre-order. And basically, that's where, you know, we didn't have any of the inventory. I bought samples. Me and my daughter took some pictures in them. Me and my sister and my daughter. We had a little photo shoot. And um, we posted on social media. We promoted it for about a week. We launched the website. Ended up doing $10,000 in the first 72 hours. And to think about, like, the profit margins, like, we had profit a little over 6K from that. And it was like, I didn't fulfill as many orders. It was 72, or, uh, 72 orders in 72 hours. So for every, uh, for every hour, I had one order come in. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was just, it changed my perspective on things. Because mm. now I'm like, ah, social media, I'm starting to understand how right. this works a little bit. And to be able to profit that much in 72 hours was like- Insane. Yeah, 6K. I, w- I came from making 3K a month to making 6K in a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I said, if that's possible, then anything's possible. Mm. I love it. One of the things, and you you slightly just touched on it now, because I want to get into this econ bag. I want to yeah. get into this econ bag, man. You you talked about you know um, essentially how one love clothing came to be. A lot of the content that you create now, when you're talk when you're teaching aspiring entrepreneurs how to get into the space, you talk about the pre order model. Mm-hmm. Am I correct on that? Yeah. So 
talk a little bit about that because there's a million ways to make a million dollars in this space, right? Yeah, but when we talk about the pre-order model, how exactly does that work? Yeah, so basically with the pre-order method, it's a really simple concept that allows you to get started into the clothing brand space or any business space, I mean, uh, e-commerce space, um, any type of product. So the, the thing is, is people only think that you can only do this with clothing. You can do this virtually with any product that's online that requires you to hold any type of inventory. Mm. And basically what this is doing is you're basically buying the sample. So let's say like I wanted to have a coffee cup or a coffee mug company, right? And the problem is, is I don't have all the money to buy 15 of them to start selling. Right. So what I would do is I would buy the samples. So I would just get three for myself and I would have different colors and then I would go promote them on social media. Now I would promote this over, you know, a week or a week and a half talking about all the best features and the benefits and photo shoots and high quality pictures. And then I'd have other people wear it where I, uh, or use it, whereas user generated content, UGC. And I would have all these things come in and mm -hmm. while I'm promoting the website is down the whole time. So while the website is down, the only thing that's up when they click the website link is the email and phone number. So now I'm pushing everybody to the website and the, the item hasn't launched yet. The, the brand hasn't launched. So I'm getting all these contacts. And then when I have all these contacts, before we do the release, we email and text them as our VIP customers. Hey, we just launched 30% off for our pre-order. You won't receive it for the next, you know, four or five weeks or so. However, you will be able to get it at a very discounted, a huge discounted price. Mm. And that's kind of how the model works is, you know, not having a lot of money, which is me when I first got started. Um, you can get into this space without having to worry about all that. So the samples will probably cost you anywhere from three, four hundred dollars. Um, I teach people how to get the samples for free. There's a lot of different ways to go about that. However, it's virtually a way where you can go in and you can spend three, four hundred dollars, not have to run any ads, not have to do anything, just mm -hmm. promote on social media, TikTok, Instagram, mm -hmm. and essentially make, you know, a couple thousand dollars within one weekend or one week, however long your pre-order is. Okay. Let's dive deeper into that then. Cause mm -hmm. this is that that's that's incredible. We understand how the pre-order model works. And like you said, it's not even just for clothes. It's really for any type of product. Anything that could be sold, any type of product could be sold online. This business model essentially can be used for it, right? Yep. Let's say we come in, we want to go ahead and do the pre-order model. How do we go about finding the manufacturers for these products, whether it's clothes, coffee mugs, whether we want to sell t-shirts, socks, wristbands, wherever it may be, where are we going for that? Yeah. So when it comes to finding any manufacturer, um, you know, the thing is, is people always want to go to Instagram and look at their favorite influencers, manufacturers and try to find them and I always tell people, you know, you can copy the right cat, but you're going to always be two steps behind. Mm. So the problem is, is that we don't know the skill set of going out and finding our own manufacturer. So mm -hmm. when you go buy it from somebody else, you don't know what happens afterwards. So mm. what if, what if they don't end up being the best fit for you? Now you still don't know how to do it. So the best way to find a manufacturer is if you go to alibaba.com, right? Mm -hmm. They've refined their website a lot. But if you go all the way to the bottom under sources on alibaba.com, it says request for quotation. Now, the reason I teach people how to do it this way is because I'm big on saving time and I don't want to waste anybody's time, especially if they want to get in this space. Right. So instead of trying to reach out to every single manufacturer, send a copy and paste a template over to every single one of them, when you fill out this template, Basically, it allows you to put all the information that you that a manufacturer would need to know. So how many items you want to buy, what type of products you want to buy, the materials, what features are you looking for, images if you want to you know, show them, this is how I kind of want it to look. So if you have drawings, if you have a screenshot from somebody else's, somebody else's brand, I can upload it there. Right. And basically by filling out this one template, it'll send it out to hundreds of different manufacturers for you. So now you don't have to go out there and individually type in every single, you know, conversation between every single manufacturer you see. Mm. Now you can just have all of them come back to you. 
Now, obviously you're gonna have probably 40, 50 plus manufacturers reach out to you. Right. You just wanna ask for pictures and videos. So it's like, how could you expect somebody to buy something off of Amazon if they don't look at, like most customers who buy on Amazon look at reviews. Right. So why would you not look at pictures and videos from these manufacturers? It just, it just makes sense. Right. So that's pretty much how you would go about finding the manufacturer and then vetting them. So pictures and videos. And a lot of people don't know you can FaceTime these manufacturers. Like, and they're international or are they domestic? They're international or gotcha. domestic. You can have both of them. Gotcha. Um, but mo most of the time, what I teach is international because the prices are a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, and they can get their hands on a lot, a lot of different fabrics. So the best countries to go with is China and Pakistan. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of beginners, they go with Pakistan. Once you get a little bit more advanced and you start getting a lot of orders in, you want to start beefing up your quality so that way you can raise your prices. And that's mm -hmm. when you want to go over to China. Got you. Got you. You talked about, you know, doing due diligence, right? Because as we know, not all manufacturers are created equal. Yep. Do you have any horror stories yourself or do you know of any horror stories that anyone has gone through in just terms of picking the wrong manufacturer to where it kind of messed things up for them? Yeah, man. Um, I've had it happen so many times. I mean, I've, I've been doing this for so long now, even with my Durag brand. Um, there was a time where I spent $12,000 on inventory uh, for my brand. Mm -hmm. And at this, at this moment, it was probably over four or 5,000 Durags and bonnets and everything. And we were missing six whole boxes, which is a third of what I spent. Right. And I never got that. Um, so luckily, you know, when you understand your profit margins, luckily we only were missing a third of it. if we were missing half, we would have lost money. But because we were missing a, third, missing a third, we were able to profit just a little bit. And then I understood, all right, I'm not ever working with them again. And now there's going to be a different process now. So now I need pictures and videos sent soon as you're shipping my, shipment, my shipments out. Because I need to see exactly how many boxes I need to make sure all the colors are correct. I need to make sure that all the sizes are correct. Like mm. I see everything and I vet everything before making that type of mistake again. Got you. How, how scalable? Because are you still using this business model for One Love and Snagarag? Yeah, pre-order. Yeah, 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 yeah. Still to this day? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this is, so that, that was going to be my next question because, you know, in certain types of business model, like for example, in real estate, you have wholesaling, right? right. Where essentially you're a middleman, but a lot of times you use wholesaling to start building capital so you can become an actual investor. So mm. my question was going to be, is could how scalable is the pre-order model to where is this something that we can essentially build a six to seven? Well, I know we could build a six figure, but like a seven to eight figure business in, or is this a means to set a foundation for us to potentially get our own warehouse or do our own fulfillment at some point in time? Honestly, I would say both. Um, I would say that you can definitely build to six figures plus, uh, maybe near seven figures. I have a lot of friends who only do the pre-order method. Like they don't touch any inventory mm. except for when the orders are in and they need to fulfill it. Mm. And the business model works very well because you don't never have to sit on anything. Mm -hmm. So like if I have three different coffee mugs out, the problem is, is when you're ordering before you do a pre-order method, you don't know how many to buy of each thing. And mm -hmm. when you get into clothes, you got different sizes. Mm -hmm. So what you do with the pre-order method is if I have three different jogging suit colors and I have all my sizes, whatever people buy is what I have to fulfill. If, if I didn't want to spend all that money and getting that stuff and then sitting on the inventory afterwards mm -hmm. and trying to move it, which is what a lot of people come up against right now, um, then you won't have to do that in the pre-order method. So it's definitely scalable, but I would definitely say, like you said, it's more so of a foundational step. Because for me, when it came to building a clothing brand, it wasn't like, yeah, I'm looking at exiting and doing things like that in the future. But for me personally, it's really given me capital to do other things. So I mm -hmm. invest in the stock market. If you you know look at my content on Instagram and, and Twitter, all of the money that I made from my brands have been reinvested into the stock market. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you understand the concept of getting money and then the compound effect of money, then that's when you start getting into a different, a different ball game. 
because you can start leveraging different capital to make more money in other areas. Mm. From your experience, you know, we, we get the, we establish that we want to do the pre-order model. We find manufacturers, we figure out the product we want to do. We get our website set up, boom, we put the products on the website. Um, what are some of the different marketing strategies that we can now use to drive traffic, right? To yeah. our offer, offers. So basically there's a couple of different strategies. Um, you know, I would say for a lot of new people right now, especially in today's age, TikTok has really been one mm -hmm. of the best ways for people to start. Um, there's multiple different types of videos. So you could do, you know, a video of, um, you know, there's this, there's this marketing strategy that a lot of people are doing. Like, um, I paid a thousand dollars for this hoodie. And most people, when they look at it, it catches their eyes. They're like, who's paying a thousand dollars for any hoodie? Mm -hmm. But then that's where you start talking about the features, the benefits, and why somebody would pay a thousand dollars and why you think the value is there for a thousand dollars. But then you tell them, this is why you can sign up for our VIP list and you won't have to pay a thousand. You can mm. get it for, you know, $60. Come on now. So it's, it's, there's so many different strategies. You know, there's those, there's UGC, user generated content. So usually sending those items out to cousins, friends, influencers, uh, other people who are good at making content. So mm -hmm. if you're introverted um, or you don't like to make the content yourself, you can send it out to other people. Mm -hmm. They'll make it for you. And then you can use that to make content. Um, but there's so many different strategies out there. But I would definitely say for anybody who's just starting, you know, sit down and think about the storyline of your brand and what you want it to represent. So there's a lot of brands who are starting and they want to be known for luxury wear. So they start off with luxury type of content. They may put their hoodies on top of a Rolls Royce or if they have a friend and they want to put it on top of their BMW or something, they'll put it on there with the, the emblem. Those are all different ways to market and to bring a different, I would say, uh, angle to your brand just by doing those little small things. But, mm -hmm. you know, most people may not have access to a Rolls Royce or a BMW. So, you know, a lot of the times it really just comes down to understanding your story and what your brand is and what you want it to represent. But on top of that, being unique with the way you make content and also not being scared to look at what other people are doing and replicate it and transform it into something of your own. I love it. What's your personal long-term vision? Because you talked about how you, you essentially use the money that you're getting from Snagarag and from One Love to invest in things like stocks and other investments as well. What's the long-term vision for both of those brands in the terms of, I think you mentioned potentially selling, mm -hmm. right? Um, what are the different exits that you're exploring right now? Yeah, so right now, um, I think for us personally, like we continuously want to scale because we did take a big break from both of them. Um, so when I built Limitless Investments, it's the number one clothing brand community in the world now with 9,800 members in there. And it took a lot of my attention to be able to put not only that many people in there over the last three years, but to be able to educate them at a high enough level to keep them in there. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I can, I can be honest, you know, I took a huge step back from both the brands because I love teaching and I love helping people see results that they want to see. Mm -hmm. And I think that inspiring and transforming somebody else's life was more powerful and more of an impact to me than building these brands. So now that we're kind of getting back into the groove of things and rebuilding them, um, we definitely want to exit probably in the next five to six years. I'm always forward thinking. I never really think about tomorrow or next year or anything like that. I'm always like five, six years out. Mm -hmm. But what we do plan on doing is exiting in that time frame. Um, but also just... Everything that I'm learning on this journey, give back to the community for free. That's it. That's it. I mean, it's like, you know, the Hormozy method. You right, know, right, where right, right. He, he goes about businesses, he builds them, he scales them, he exits them, and then he comes back and gives the people who may not have the money to, you know, work with him all the information for free. And that's kind of the model that I personally like and I personally want to go down because there's so many people trying to get into the clothing brand space because it is a great way for if you have nothing to get to somewhere 
or at least build some type of money to, you know, go do something else that you really wanted to do. It's a phenomenal way to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most cost-effective things that you can do right now. And not only cost-effective in money, but cost-effective in your time. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal is to learn everything from scaling brands, exit all of them, give all the game back to everybody else for free and not look for anything else in return. I love it. I love it. I want to switch gears here because on top of just providing an insane amount of free value game on how to get started in e-com, you recently, I wouldn't necessarily call it a pivot, but you also started implementing content around AI. Yeah. A lot, a lot of content around AI. I'm curious to know what exactly sparked your interest into just learning more about the tool itself. I mean, I think that if we be honest, AI is here to stay. Facts. (laughs) And, you know, I've always told you know, people that we've always been one step behind, two Mm -hmm. steps, five steps behind, to be honest, in our communities. And I just wanted things to be different for us, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's always how I'm thinking. You know, when I wake up and I make my content, it's like, how can I make somebody else's life better? Mm -hmm. And when it came to AI, I implemented so many things in my businesses as far as automating all of my emails. Nobody talks about that. Like getting text templates. So think about if, if you have Christmas and then you have Thanksgiving, you got Black Friday, you got Cyber Monday, all these holidays, you know, you can go into ChatGPT and tell it to give you all the text, all the emails that you need for those days and schedule everything out. So now I don't have to worry about Christmas, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And it only took me maybe two days to schedule everything out and get everything done. Mm-hmm. But when those times come, money is just being printed. Right. And I just wanted other people to understand that concept, but mm-hmm. also understand that if you have an idea, it allows you to go deeper into your idea and educate you further in other areas that you want to learn about. Right. And that's really where my interest of AI came in. Talk a little bit more specifically about some of the tools that you've been able to leverage in your business that mm-hmm. maybe listeners themselves, whether they're in e-com or maybe they have a business outside of e-com that's still an online business uh, mm-hmm. that they can leverage as well. Definitely. I mean, obviously everybody knows ChatGPT. Um, So I won't really say that one too much because obviously if you don't know it, you should definitely be studying it and Mm -hmm. using it every single day, uh, just like how I do. Um, I use it to kind of teach me and kind of be my mentor in a way Mm -hmm. um, and to educate me on other things. But I will also say like, if you're making content, something like Opus Clip AI. So like if you're shooting a lot of content, I Mm -hmm. love to do podcasts and be a speaker and things like that. So Mm -hmm. when we make these content or these pieces of content, it actually goes in it rates all of the best forms of content or best sections of your content. They rate it out of 100 and then they give you the um, the words on it on top of that. And then on top of that, they put it vertical for you. They pretty much edit the entire video for you and then they give you 10 different clips. Mm-hmm. And then you take those clips and then you utilize them. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, there's some that are based around just marketing as well. Um, there's, there's just so many of them. I have a list in my phone, so maybe I can like send it over to you. Maybe you could put a screen. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully that'll help people. Yeah. Um, there's some for like free audio clips. So for people who be rapping and stuff like that, or people who want to use, um, audio on the backgrounds of their videos and they Mm -hmm. don't want to get copyright issues. There's some for those. There's just, you know, uh, I've cloned myself before making content, cloning myself. Cloning yourself? What do you mean by that? Yeah. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's this thing called, um, is it FID.com? Um, okay. We'll, we'll have it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's going to be on the screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, I was able to upload an image of myself and then upload my voice. And then I could type in whatever I wanted to. And then it would literally take that image, make my mouth move, and then take my voice and then the words and then mesh it all together and push out content. Interesting. And yeah. you was, and you actually tested this out with like actual pieces of content that you put oh, out? Yeah, yeah I, have it, I have it on my page. Father God, that's yeah. crazy. Okay. But once again, just 
all the different ways. So based off, because like I said, you, it seems like you've done a lot of extensive research. Like I even think I saw on your page that you created your own AI tool, Yeah. right? Are you still working on that? Yeah, so we we still use them now. Um, it's using a tool called Brancher AI, where you're able to go in and configure and build your own, essentially AI tool. And the reason I built it was because I wanted to make people's lives easier. So mm. basically now it's like you go in there, you answer five different questions and it'll give you a full in-depth, so say like you wanted to make a course, right? Mm -hmm. Um, if you answer these five questions, it'll give you the entire curriculum as far as what you should teach, how you should teach it, and then where you can get your resources from to further educate other people that are going to be watching your course. Right. And I built it to just really solve problems. Mm. Um, you know, if people don't have, don't know how to structure something like that, well, here's the foundation, but you still have to be knowledgeable in that space because we all know everybody's selling courses right now. Right. And if you're like, and I, I hate to say it, but I mean, to just, be completely yeah, honest, you shouldn't be selling courses on things that you haven't done. Mm. And that's like the kind of disappointing part about watching people. Cause I don't mind. I, I really mind my business to be right. honest, <laughs> but it's just, you know, when you haven't done it, you're kind of giving people false, false information. Mm -hmm. And then when they go out there and they don't see success from it, now they think that this thing just doesn't work. When in reality it was the information. So I always tell people, you know, you are where you are right now and where you're trying to get to the only difference between the two is information. Mm -hmm. So if you're giving people wrong types of information, it sets them back farther from getting to where they're trying to get to. And that's kind of like my point of view on looking at things. And again, I'm on my own business. I mm -hmm. let people do their own thing. I never try to go out and bash people or nothing. But we do have to stop trying to be mentors when we've never been mentored. Mm, I was actually going to be my next question for you because it's like seeing, seeing this point that you've gotten to and how well-spoken you are and also how intelligent that you are do you have any mentors coming coming into this e-com space or do you kind of just figure it out as you were going along? Do you have any mentors now? Yeah, so uh, right now I have a mentor. His name's Jason Flatland. Um The webinar god. The webinar god, yes. <laughs> webinar god. Um, he's done over $100 million in webinars yeah. and he took me under his wing. We've had a lot of conversations and okay. he's really given me a lot of insight on how to think of not only about webinars, but money, business, how to look at, you know, building these products that are actually valuable and then how to also persuade and mm -hmm. sell. Um, because I sold cars for a period of time for a year and a half and I was one of the best in Ohio at my age. And I think outside of him, there was another person, Chris Johnson. He took me under his belt. Another um, goat. Yeah, I was, was about 20, 20 years old. And, um, you know, he, he put me on a lot of game. You know, I can't say anything, but thank you. You know what I mean? Like it, the information that he gave me changed not only my perspective, but my life. And he'll never, you know, truly understand the impact that he has. So I just want to say, if you watch this, Thank you, bro. I'll, I'll really DM, appreciate I'll DM it. it over to him. Definitely. So, <laughs> um, you know, I, I wouldn't really be where I am without the people that I've learned from. Mm -hmm. And I've learned a lot about myself and I've been able to self-reflect. You know, I make mistakes and I'm human, but I've also been able to look and see like, you know, you can make mistakes and still change who you are, mm -hmm. even if those mistakes were made. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to forgive yourself. It's okay to have some grace for yourself. Right. And that's really what mentors has taught me. You know, they've made so many mistakes in their time. Right. And the reason you have a mentor is to cut the time delay of mm. you making those mistakes and avoiding them. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I've learned from them. So I just, I'm, I'm grateful, bro, because I wouldn't be where I am right now without them. Yeah. How did the, how did, the, how did you get connected with both Jason and Chris? Um, so Jason, uh, I was at WebinarCon mm. and um, I paid $5,000 to get in there. And the only reason I came was for him because I had read his book. Um, one to many. One to many. Yeah. Um, read his book. We had did a little over $800,000 in webinar sales in I think less than seven months. Mm -hmm. And I just had to go and tell him. I was like, man, like you don't understand. This changed things for me. And, um, you know, I went and told him and I told him like, look, I had an upcoming webinar. It was my first uh, JV webinar. 
and we had uh, we had twelve thousand registrants in five days. Crazy. And we still had two more days of promoting, and we ended up getting to around eighteen thousand people. So that was like a, a football stadium of people registering for us. Um, and I was like, yo, like, how do I close this many people? I don't know what it's like. I don't, I've never been in that setting. And he's like, be, be, be prepared to go in there and work for six hours and also have somebody else that can close for you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know nobody else that can close. Like, I'm the only person. He's like, I'll come in there and do it. So, goodness gracious. Yeah, it was crazy when he said that. My friends were around me. It was a big group of us around him. And he was like, oh, like, I can't believe this. And I, I got his cell phone number. I reached out to him on the day of. We ended up getting everything in. He actually closed for us. We did fairly well. Um, and it was just a crazy, crazy uh, outcome. And for Chris, you know, Chris was a person I was watching on Twitter for a long time. I was just inspired by the fact that somebody else was able to think at that level mm-hmm. and also reach the levels that he was reaching. And I could only tell, like, he was really scratching the surface. Like, I really knew he was going to be a billionaire. I, I still believe that. Um, but I had reached out to him one night and he ended up replying to one of my DMs. And at this time, I'm thinking I'm just one in all the people in that that follows him. But he ended up replying because I was already, you know, talking about my my storyline, you know, Mm -hmm. selling do-rags and things like that. And he was really just giving me a lot of information and game. And he was one of the first people that took me under his wing. And, you know, I learned so much from him. It's it's crazy. 50% of businesses fail within the first five years. And 38% of those businesses fail due to lack of access to capital. But 100% of business owners who are watching this aren't going to have that issue because I'm about to teach y'all how to bankroll your business. What's going on family? My name is Marvin Francois and back in 2020, I was a new entrepreneur with little to no idea on how I was gonna build my first successful business. But fast forward a couple of years later, I've been able to build multiple successful six-figure businesses by leveraging business credit. And today I wanna give entrepreneurs the game on how they can do the same. So this Thursday, I'm gonna be hosting my free Bankroll Your Business Masterclass where I'm gonna teach you how to go from having bad personal credit and little to no business funding to having perfect personal credit and access to a minimum of $50,000 in funding for your business. Spots are going fast and the clock is ticking. So if you haven't already, click the link above or below this video to secure your seat and I'll see y'all on Thursday. Peace. How important, because essentially not only did you form relationships with these people, but like you said, they also played a large role in mentoring you as well. I love the conversation of mentorship because it's always a two, it's always a two way street. You have some people like yourself, like myself who understand it's, it's basically a cheat code, bro. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have other people that are skeptical about it and are a little bit 50, 50 talk to talk a little bit more about the importance of mentorship for really for any stage you're at in business, right? Because you never can stop learning, yeah. right? It's an ever, it's an ever growing process. Talk a little bit about that. Definitely. Um, you know, Luke Belmar says something that I really liked. He says for every man to have a strong foundation, he needs three people in his life. He needs uh, a person that he can mentor. Mm. So maybe a little brother, little cousin, somebody that looks up to you, Mm -hmm. mentoring them. Second person is somebody that's on the same exact level as you. Mm -hmm. Somebody that you can network with, somebody that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of and not feel, you know, jealousy off of because they're on the same level. And then third person is a mentor. Now, all three of these people hold you accountable in all levels that you need in order to be a powerful man. Right. And to build a powerful business, because not only are you learning, but you're teaching what you learn. And on top of that, you're communicating with somebody else who's going through the same things as you. And I think that mentors are so important, not only just because it cuts down the time delay, but it's just insight on their life. So this is the same thing with books, right? Like, you know, Chris told me if you read 30 books, you know, you'll be you'll have everything that you want. He never told me which 30 books. But as I went out and I read these books, mm-hmm. Look where I am now. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, you just get insight on how somebody else lived their life and every mistake that they've made. And then you also get to look at yourself and reflect on the mistakes that you've made. And through that, you transform into a different person. So, I love it. I love it. One, and to dive deeper into that, one thing I love about that really helped made me gravitate towards you is, you know, not only do you provide a lot of game and free information on business, but you're, you're very heavy on talking about personal development, especially when it comes to like young men. Yeah. Right. You talk a lot about like mindset and different things like that. And one of the things that you've been very transparent about and just unpacking your own personal experience mm-hmm. to help dudes who are either your age or younger or even a little bit older as well. Uh, you had talked about a time in your life where you had practiced celibacy. Yeah. For uh, a period of time, what exactly led to you kind of getting to that point? Where it was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go abstinent. Um, to be honest with you, bro, like I was young. I was probably like 20 and I was making more than that than the average American would be making. Right. Um, and at this time, you know, when you start making money like that, your ego starts getting higher. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened with me. Um, and I can be, I can admit it because I'm self-aware enough to understand the things that I've done in my past that I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. But as my ego got higher, I allowed more women into my life. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know as men, when you start letting beautiful women into your life, it fuels your ego even more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was just points of time where things were just, I didn't like where my life was going. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that I always had to deal with five or six different women and have to balance this. Oh, this girl's coming over this day. So this, like, I didn't like dealing with that. I didn't like the stress. I didn't like the anxiety. And I also didn't like what I was doing to them. Mm -hmm. So for me personally, it was just like, after the situation with me and my daughter's mom, I was just like, man, I need to take a step back from everything. And I need to refine myself because I was lost. Mm. You know, you get lost in making money. You get lost in having women around you. And you get lost in being around people you're not supposed to be around. So, you know, I can be honest and say I was lost at a point in time. And I, I thought the only way to find myself is to put the weed down, to put the alcohol down, and not having sex no more. And those three things are things that I took extremely seriously. And then over that period of time, I transformed my life. Like, you know, I gained 30 pounds. I had bought two cars. I had moved out my mom's house. I had, you know, put well over 100K in, the, in that same time period of that celibacy into the stock market. And that's when I realized, like, there's so much power in holding in the semen. Mm-hmm. And people don't realize that because, you know, I'm just gonna be honest, out there right now, most people wouldn't agree with what I'm saying right now because mm-hmm. they're used to the things that they're doing. Right. Perfectly fine. Your behavior will show you. So if you look at your bank account right now, it's a direct reflection of what you've done over the last 90 days. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, you should probably change what you're doing over the next 90 days. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I tell young men and even men that are older than me, why it's so important. Because the thing is, is you're just the sum of all the decisions. Mm-hmm. So if you keep making bad decisions, why do you just think that God's just gonna randomly, oh, poof, here's a million dollars. That doesn't work like that. You Like if you're fat and your life sucks, that's your fault. You can't blame anybody else for it. You just kind of roll with the punches. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the more you change your mindset and the more you start clearing up and letting that fog out of where you com- constantly think, bro, you, you start transforming into somebody else. You mm-hmm. start thinking differently. And then you get out of survival mode and you start saying like, okay, I don't got to be around this many women. I don't got to do all of this stuff. Now let me just focus on my craft. So now I'm substituting writing for books. I'm substituting smoking for the gym. Mm -hmm. I'm substituting those weekends, kicking it to me watching podcast interviews or watching a YouTube video from Marvin. Right. right? And these are just different ways to change your life, but it doesn't happen overnight. What would you say? Because I know we've, as as dudes, we've all heard it. And some of us even said it. What, What about the dudes that say, bro, I'm 22, 23, 
I got to get it out of my system now before I turn 30, you know what I'm saying? And then when I'm 30, then I'm going to chill out, find a shorty, whoop de whoop. What would you say to those individuals? <sighs> you had to take a deep breath. Man, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I let people think how they want to think. Okay. You know, I let people live how they want to. You know, I'm not, I used to try to tell people, do this, do this, do this. In reality, it just doesn't work when you do that. I say, do what you feel like is best for you. But what I will say is that the level that you're trying to reach is going to take some sacrifice. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you may not be willing to make it right now, especially at 22, 23, where you have most of your energy. Mm -hmm. But that sacrifice is going to be 10 times harder when you're 30 and you can't move how you used to move. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have so many more responsibilities. So think about it. You, you don't want to make these decisions to read more books and not kick it and all those things. Perfectly fine. Do that, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you're 35 or 34 and you got kids that are relying on you and mm -hmm. there's a roof over your head that needs to be paid for. Right. You got a car that you need to pay for. You're not going, you're going to tell yourself you don't have the time to do it. So now you went from having a whole bunch of time and being able to do it. And I just don't want to do it because I want to live life. Cool. But now you don't have a lot of time and you know, you should have did this then. Right. I, like my grandfather told me something before he passed. He said, you know, I don't ever want to get to a point in my life where I go to my deathbed and I didn't do what I knew I was supposed to do. Mm. And that changed my perception of things because at the end of the day, there's no way in God's green earth will I get to 80, 90 or on my deathbed. And I'm sitting there like, man, I should have done this. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. If I know I need to sit down and focus. I'm going to do that. Right now, I got one girl. Mm -hmm. She's got me locked in. Mm -hmm. You know, we ran uh, some ads for a, a recent in-person class that she did. She made $4,300. Why would I want to go out there and relearn five different people and go kick in and do all those things when I can just come home, focus on one person, build with one person, bring my children around one person, build from there. I love it. I love it. So diving more into that at the, at the top of our interview, when I allowed you to get, get a chance to introduce yourself, first thing you said was father first, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's another thing that I know you've been super transparent about when it comes to just the importance of, you know, your daughter, now daughters, because yeah. you just had another one recently. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, having your first daughter, I believe you were 18 when you had her. Yep. From up until now, you're 24. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, listening to you talk, like I said, watching you from afar, even just listening to you now, the, the success, the discipline, the self-control and everything else, how much of that do you attribute towards becoming a father? I would contribute all of it to it. Um, to be honest with you, I wouldn't have made the decisions I'm making now if I didn't have such a huge responsibility. Because it's not that I only take care of my daughters, it's that I take care of my entire family. Mm -hmm. So when things need to be handled, I'm the person that people come to. Mm -hmm. And I had to become a man at a very young age because my dad didn't live in the household with us. Mm -hmm. And he was somewhere else in a different household. And even though I still got a chance to kind of spend time with him and things like that, I didn't have somebody under the same household with me every single day training me on how to be a better man. It was like, I didn't have any of my brothers in the household with me. I grew up in a house with all girls and I had to be the man mm -hmm. super early. And I had a village around me. I had uncles. My grandfather raised me very well. Um, but I would say that when you have a kid, it's like this table, right? Mm. And let's just take the table for sake. There's a plate for yourself. Mm. But when you have a kid, poof, there's another plate. And every single day, there has to be food on both of those plates. Mm. So the things that you used to do that you could just get by for yourself you can't do anymore because that plate needs food. Right. And sometimes you can't eat off your own plate. Sometimes you got to give it to them. And sometimes you got to starve right. to make sure that they good. Right. And when you have that type of mindset and when you start looking at life like that, you start realizing like, man, a lot of the decisions I'm making now isn't going to help my daughter eat. Mm -hmm. So if it's not, what am I doing? Mm 
Mm-hmm. I mean, people always say, oh, I can't do that. I don't have enough time to do this in my life. You can do whatever you want in your life. Mm-hmm. You have the time to do it. If you feel like you don't have the time, what time are you waking up? Mm-hmm. What time are you going to sleep? What are you doing with the time that you do have? If you sit in there and scrolling every single day, and I heard Luke say this as well, you know, if you ever look at a slot machine, right, and you pull it down and it comes back up, it's the same thing with Instagram, same thing with social media. You're constantly scrolling down, scrolling back up. It's, it's a dopamine effect. Mm-hmm. So if you just sit in there and you're soaking up all this stuff about people dying, all this stuff about the, the celebrities and the influencers, you know, more about, uh, you know more about these celebrities than you know about yourself, mm-hmm. about your family. Mm-hmm. What's your heritage? Where did you come from? Who are the people you come from? Should you be, should you be moving the way you move right now? If you know, if these people knew that you were doing it, probably not. So why are you doing it? How often do you think about how different life would be had you not had your daughter at the age that you had her? Um, All the time. I'm reading uh, Psychology of Money right now. And in the second chapter, they talk about luck and risk and how they're cousins. And if you think about it, okay, like Bill Gates, he went to Lakeside High School. And at his high school, he was one of the first high schools to have a computer. Mm. So Bill Gates and his best friend became fanatics about it. Were the only people in the class when it came to computers. Nobody else wanted to learn about it. Nobody else thought it was going to be important. And that's by luck. That same year, 303 million kids were in high school and only 300 of them had access to a computer that whole entire year. Bill Gates just so happened to be one of them. Right. But on the other end, his best friend, who he was going to build Microsoft with, ended up passing away on a mountaineering, uh, uh, a mountaineering run okay. or vacation, whatever it was. Ended up passing away, mm-hmm. but was going to be the other person that built Microsoft with him. Mm. So one was luck because you grew up in the right place, right family, right school, right situation, right timing. Risk on the other end, where he went out, he did something that most people don't die from, mm-hmm. ended up passing away. And that just goes to show luck and risk. So I think that because I had my daughter at the age that I had her, obviously I risked my life by, you know, laying down with a woman and not protecting myself. So boom, there's my daughter. But now there was luck because at that time, at that particular moment, it changed my perception. I said, there's no longer just me. Right. It has to be food on the plate for her. So now everything that I'm doing, working 40, 50 hour shifts every single week, sleeping on the floor, not playing the games, not going out on the weekends, all contributed to me getting to where I am right now. Mm. So I think luck and risk played a very big part in it, but who knows? The biggest risk that most entrepreneurs take is trying to build a successful business without funding. But that risk is a reality for one out of every three entrepreneurs because their personal credit isn't where it needs to be in order for them to access that capital. Now, the truth is you can close the gap between where your business is versus where you want it to be by leveraging business credit. But if your personal credit report is poor, 99% of banks and lenders are going to deny you from doing so. And I should know because a couple of years ago, I leveraged my personal credit report to get funding from Chase to start my company. And now that very same company, Takeoff Financial, is serving entrepreneurs just like you that are looking to restore their credit to get access to five to six figures in funding. So if you want to go from risk to reward, click the link above or below this video to schedule your free consultation so that we can restore your credit and put you in position to access capital to build the business of your dreams. When you had your first child, what was an uncomfortable truth that becoming a father taught you about yourself as a man? Uh, that a kid cannot keep a relationship together. 
the reason it's uncomfortably true is because I tried to stay with my daughter's mom and there's no shade to her or anything like yeah, that. I understand. But I tried to stay in this situation for the sake of building a family. Mm-hmm. And um, it just didn't work because it's like, why would I continue to be unhappy just because I want a family? My daughter can be loved by both of her parents, even though it's not in the right circumstances that I would want it to. I can't live an unhappy life to try to make something look better. It's just not, it just didn't work. Mm. And it's perfectly fine. You know, I think that it's it's perfectly fine that that happened because my daughter can see me thrive and still see me with a woman that she really likes. And I would have never thought that. I would have just tried to stay in a situation that was toxic for me. And we have to be able to spot toxic relationships sooner. Mm. People stay in these situations expecting people to change. They showed you your true, co- they showed them, they showed you their true colors in the beginning. And you keep choosing not to believe it. And my mom always used to tell me this when I was growing up. God will continue to let you bump your head until you start listening to where he's trying to tell you to go. Mm. So I would rather not be in a toxic situation and be happy. It's just me. As we as we begin to kind of close out, what I love most about your story is that I think what you went through for a lot of other individuals would have been a downturn for them, right? But for you, it was essentially like a launch pad, right? Becoming a young father, having that situation where you're, you're grinding, working this nine to five, just trying to figure things out. Mm. Um, that's a lot of individual stories right now, right? And some of them who may be listening to this podcast or may be familiar with your story based off of how you were able to take that same exact situation and get to where you are now, what would you say to those young men that are trying to kind of get out from this hole that they feel that they're in? They slipped up, you know, weren't being responsible, didn't have self-control, boom, now they got a baby on the way. They got to work a job, two jobs, still food on the table. Maybe they were in a situation where they they as well got kicked out the house and they it seems like things just keep spiraling downward and downward and downward. What do you say to those dudes? Bro, first, forgive yourself, man. I understand what the pain feels like to sit there and doubt yourself and sit there and blame yourself for not protecting yourself and for leaving your life in somebody else's hands. Forgive yourself. It's it's done, it's over. You learn from it, don't do it again. Mm. You do it again, learn from that mistake, stop bumping your head, mm. pay attention. Number one. The second thing I would say is go out there and get out of survival mode. You know, if you're thinking like how I'm going to put food on the table every single day, Mm. you're going to do things that morally don't align with your basic and foundational morals because you have to eat. Mm. That's just the life. And I don't fault anybody for doing the things and doing dirt. I don't fault them for it because at the end of the day, everybody's out here judging everybody. We don't know their circumstances. So to the young man that's out there, the young men that are out there, and even if you're older and you have a situation, go out there and get you some skill sets. Mm. Go pick up a book. Start looking at what you're doing with your time. Like I'm doing the 75 hard challenge right now. Not because I'm not disciplined, but because I wanted to see how far, how much farther I can take my discipline. Mm. It's not about, you know, uh, becoming more disciplined. It's about becoming the best version of yourself and being able and being willing to do what it takes to get there. So for me, it was, okay, then I need to work out twice a day. I need to be up before 8 a.m. I need to, no alcohol, no smoking, no none of that. I need to be reading at least an hour a day. I need to be drinking a lot more water. I need to, you know, make sure I'm doing all of these things that align with the best version of myself. So sit down, go get you two whiteboards. Buy two whiteboards. One whiteboard has all your goals on it. The other one is to write all of your thoughts and your ideas down. Start manifesting the things that you want in life. Start going to the gym. 
Start looking at yourself in the mirror and accepting the fact that you look the way you look. And if you don't like it, <laughs> go to the gym. It's the honest to God truth. Right. Like you want these, you want badass women and you want women, you know, with, with all of these different things, bro. Change your priorities. Look for the best looking version of yourself before you start looking from outside validation. Mm. When you do those things and you stay consistent and take the next 30 days to lock in with yourself, meditate, bro. Like not enough people sit with themselves. Like, it's not about sitting there and going, um, like, it's not about that. Mm. It's about being able to let your thoughts be. Let them think how they want to think. Let them roam. But controlling it enough to say when you're done, you're controlling it from there. Mm. Most people don't have self-control. So you sit there and you wonder why all these people are dying and shootings and robbings and things like that. It's because they don't even know they self. But you're trying to redeem yourself on social media for some likes and comments. Bro, don't nobody care about metrics, bro. Mm -hmm. You got to change your perception of life. That shit is not real. It's, mm -hmm. un it's unrealistic to look at life from a social media aspect. It's unreal. Go live real life. You know, that's why I, I admire my mom and my, my grandfather and their times. You know, right now, if we were all on an elevator, everybody in this room right now, we'd probably all be on our phones because it's uncomfortable to sit there and just silence. Nobody talking to nobody, right? Nobody talking to nobody. Get outside your comfort zone. You know, talk to somebody. Say, hey, how are you? You know, hey, I love those shoes that you got on, man. You look dope. Right. Compliment somebody. Start smiling more. You know, be happy your life. Like this morning, man, it was crazy. Before I came here, I worked out at like 7 a.m., 8 a.m. And I just got in the car, bro, and I'm driving. And I just thank God, bro. I'm like, man, I have this wonderful car that drives. I have shoes on my feet because I lived in Egypt for four years of my life. And mm. a lot of my friends didn't even have shoes. Mm. And I looked outside and I said, it's sunny outside. Mm. The trees are green. It's a beautiful day. Right. Look how beautiful this is. But yet most people wake up in the morning, they go to work and they hate their life. Mm. Not realizing that every 55 seconds, somebody is dying. Mm. Change your perception on life. I mean, you're going to lay in the bed you make at the end of the day. So if you don't like what you're doing right now, then change it. Outcome will change with it. My God, Taz. Listen, man. Yeah. I, I, I said that the podcast ain't a podcast where I have you come on here. And I'm happy <laughs> that you came through and blazed the stage. I know we got to get you out of here. Let the people know that where they can find you. And also let them know what you got going on as well. Because I know you got a got bunch, bunch of different pieces moving around. Definitely, definitely. So if you guys want to check me out, you guys can feel free to look at all my free content on YouTube. Dante's Akram. Uh, make sure you guys hit the subscribe button there. Make sure, please, please give this man a subscribe, please. And I'm, I'm a happy like, he said it. I'm happy he said it. Hey, please, y'all. He's really giving y'all the information that most people would gatekeep. And he's really doing it, you know, at a level that most people can't do it at. So Dantez Akram on YouTube. Check me out on Instagram, underscore the real Tez. Um, and really just accept the free content that I give out. I don't want anything else in return. Mm. Um Pretty much all I got. That's cool. I appreciate your family. Listen, Absolutely. I appreciate each and every single one of y'all watching at home. If you haven't already, what are you doing? Listen, take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here, right now. Just go ahead, slap the like button and show this episode some love. Uh, we always appreciate having high-level entrepreneurs like yourself on here. Make sure you guys tap in. If you listen on the audio side, leave a review. Let us know what you thought about the episode. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Marvin Francois. That's Dantes Akram. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. And as always, thank y'all. And God bless. Peace. God bless.